Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. All right, I think um, at first we should probably just start out, uh, even though I guess it's kind of old news, congratulating you, Sean. Oh, thank you. Yeah. The new head brewer yep. of the Guinness Open Gate Brewery. I do got that right, right? You dropped the barrel part of it. You know, I mean, we still call it the Guinness Open Gate Brewery and Barrel even, House. Even though you're wearing the headphones, you still sat way too far back. You from can me. hear me. I'm a, <laughs> That's true. You, you want probably me to be super loud. Give me a break. I mean, um, we're, we still have a lot of barrels on site, so we're always going to be a barrel house. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm hashtag old logo. I like the old logo. We, we wear the new one as well, but yeah. I mean, we're it, OGB, you know. So today I'm at the Guinness Brewery and outside of Baltimore. That time you dropped the open gate too. <laughs> I, you know, I said it once and then. That's <laughs> enough. And then pretty soon it'll just be G. I'm at, I'm at the G. I'm at the, I'm at the G. <laughs> yeah, well, if you do Guinness Open Gate Brewery, it's Gogb. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that um, either. So I'm, I'm joined by Sean Brennan, the head brewer, Ryan Wagner, Guinness ambassador and interim marketing manager, <laughs> and Todd Perkins, brewer, and if you're looking for him on AIM, crease attack. <laughs> True um, story. Uh, remember that time when um, you came out, Ryan, and it was, it was the first time. Actually, you may be one of the most... Uh, returning, uh, you've you've been the return of guests the most times. So I'm, I'm the I'm the Tom Hanks as to SNL. I'm that yeah, for you in the Uncapped podcast. If I'm I, honored. If I cared enough, I'd go through and count <laughs> and keep track of, but I don't. Um, <laughs> I think this is three or four times for me on the on the old Uncapped podcast. Easily, it's yeah. that, it could be pushing five. Um, but remember that time you came out the first time you were on and you stole Todd away from Frederick for us. <laughs> So it's cool to have Todd back on. This is his first time on Uncapped. As I, know, I was actually interviewing Ryan on that one. It was Chris Sands yeah. and myself. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, we. That was a good day. I um. I got a call after that from our buddy John Urch, uh, who who uh, told me I talked too much on that podcast. No way. Not that didn't sound like me at all. Not at all. Uh, I mean, he had met you before then, hadn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chatty yeah, Wags. That was Chatty Wags. That's where. <laughs> I, that might have been where that. Yeah. It's part of that nickname. Uh, and then Todd and I, we, we went back and, and poked around the brewery, and, and that's when our that's when our bromance began. Oh, totally. Yeah, big time bromance. I was even told beforehand not to let Todd bring his applica- his resume. <laughs> 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 to be fair, he didn't actually give me his resume that day, but he uh, yeah he he did he made it clear that if there were a role open, he yeah. would be interested. I mean, he gave you some monocacy beer, didn't he? It's kind of the same I, yeah, as the I, would, I would assume so. I, I think I did come home. Come home. I don't live here. Kind of I do. I came back to the brewery, and I, I remember talking to Sean and Holly at that point. I was like, yeah, you know, this guy, he's, he's all right. I don't know. Thanks, buddy. It's pretty good. No, it was very complimentary. And that, that was, you know, the, the beginning of that team. You know, it's hard to think it's been that long. Well, I think that's kind of how all of us, you know, when, when we saw that Guinness was opening up. And as brewers, it's like, I mean, why not? I mean, it's Guinness. Why wouldn't we throw our hat in the ring? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've always thought Guinness lived in this uh, interesting place where it, I mean, it's obviously a humongous uh, macro brewery, 
but often gets looked at completely differently. And I feel like most people, except for the maybe complete outliers, have kind of accepted this brewery almost as being like a craft brewery. Yeah, I think the big thing that Guinness does differently probably than all the other macros is that, um, well, they're not buying up breweries and keeping that brewery's name. We're doing everything ourselves. You know, we are Guinness. That's a good We're point. opening up a brewery here. We're calling it Guinness. We're not calling it something else. Yeah. We are Guinness. You're and not that's trying what to be doing. tricky yeah. about it. You, o- you open the Guinness brewery and you started making the beer like other huge companies would just buy up that brewery and pretend to yeah. be them longer. I think the other important thing, and, and uh, you know, I've talked about this with you before, Chris, is that if you know, when they decided to build this brewery, it would have been really easy for them to send some of their brewers from Dublin and kind of focus on the same innovation that they had been doing in Dublin. But one of the great things was that when they decided to build this place, they said, look, if we're gonna make an American brewery, we better have American brewers. We better have people with the credentials that understand this market, that understand stylistically what the tap list needs to look like. And, and I think that that was, a, that was an, an amazingly important decision because when you bring together people like Sean, like Todd, like Holly, uh, Peter, you know, Juan, J-Rod, Chris, all these guys, I mean, they're, the resumes speak for themselves. Um, and I think that also, that, that lent the authenticity that we needed for people to come into this place and say, okay, yeah, we get it, we know what you're trying to do. Do you think the most important acquisition was Todd? Totally. <laughs> <clears throat> I can't blow smoke out my own butt, but you know. There you go, working that into conversation again. Um, no, I, what I would say is that um, I've always been amazed uh, at the complete and utter lack of ego among this this brewing team, it's it's really remarkable to see everybody just show up and go to work. You know, I, Sean is Sean is one of those guys that I'm amazed by because you are just a worker, and I've heard you say that before. That it's if you just point him in the right direction and he's just going to go. Yeah, like, some, sometimes it's a negative. Yeah, oh, it, me, same for me. You know, it, we can we can go a little too far, but it is it, the lack of ego. I think has been really important because this is just one team. I mean, there, there's there's no ego. There's no uh, at least, you know, I don't see any. Um, and, the, and the beer reflects that. It's just really good beer kind of across the board. So you just wrapped up uh, St. Patrick's Day. I think this is actually the first year I didn't get to talk to you beforehand. Because that's why I think you've been on more times. Because I'm pretty sure pre, like, leading up to St. Patrick's Day, I've had you on every year. Yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> Um, I the one year I, we had to scramble to put the cancellation yeah. mm-hmm. uh, message at the beginning of the podcast because everything that. we talked about was null and void by the time it was released a few days later. <laughs> this year was interesting because, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a um, it was almost a, a a rebirth of what was going to happen in 2020. You know, the Irish Village was built; it was on our lawn; it was ready to go. And then Friday the 13th in 2020 is when we shut the doors and. We, we never welcomed a single guest into that space. So rebuilding it uh, this year, it was, it was kind of coming full circle. You know, I, I think for a lot of us here at the brewery, that was kind of signifying that whatever Actually, the though, new normal is. Uh, I'm gonna interrupt you yeah. rudely. Let's continue that thought later. Uh, because uh, since Sean has to bounce real quick, yeah, talk to Sean. we may as well ask him some questions. Yeah, first. ask away, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when did you take the, 
move into the head brewer role? That was it was uh, July. Okay, yep. I was th- so it's not co- well, almost a year. Almost a year. Yep. Um, what is uh, what was the first? Actually, I mean, I don't even know. You were still, I mean, you were doing recipes and stuff as senior brewer, right? Yeah. So it's not like there was your first beer after becoming the head brewer, but. No, I think the, the, I would say the first one that has really sort of been the one that's, uh, I guess, in the back of my mind to push was uh, the pineapple coconut stout, um, which we currently have on now. That sounds um, really good. The idea was sort of to really to create that, that, that summer stout. I mean, we are Guinness after all. Um, so we you know, wanted to keep with that tradition um, and have something that's... Uh, There's definitely a few people that um, equate Guinness with stouts, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Just a couple, you know. Um, so I, I'm willing to bet that really your time here hasn't changed all that much since... No, Maybe you're just, no, no. You're in We're, charge of more people now. Yeah, yeah. Not even. I mean, I wouldn't even say that. I think it's uh, it's just uh, roles shifted a little bit. Um, but over that, over, over everything else, it's exactly the same. So what? Um, from what I understand, there's a new regional release coming out soon that Guinness is excited about. The Belgian style wit. That is what I've heard about. Yeah. You want to tell us a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, that was uh, sort of, uh, I mean, we've had that beer since the beginning. Um, we started out with uh, our white ale. And, you know, as brewers, we're always trying to tweak a recipe. Even when we think it's perfect, it's never perfect for a brewer. We're always trying to make it just that little bit better. Um, and so uh, we sort of switched the style up. Uh, still that traditional coriander and orange peel um sort of increasing uh we had lemon peel and increased it to have a little bit more citrus bite with that sweet orange citrus um it's just a really uh enjoyable beer um especially for me as this weather starts to warm up so if when when a beer makes it to a regional release does that mean it has graduated to yeah the big sit from the 15 barrel to the big system correct yeah i mean really all of todd's trials that he does and keeps running on the 10 barrel um oh, 10 barrel sorry yeah we we move it up to the 100 heck um and run it on the large scale packaging line yep. we use real numbers this <laughs> podcast, this is, <laughs> the, the 93 barrel there we, go. There, we, there we go doesn't sound as good as 100 heck believe uh, so how um how wide does the distribution go for that like is it is it like the mid-atlantic region yeah it's pretty much East mid-atlantic okay. yeah um how how do you guys decide when something's going to graduate like that is it based on reception in the tap room or just a bunch of people crunching numbers and saying hey guys this is real popular let's send it to more people it's a whole mix i mean it's looking at uh how the beer sells here um it's looking at what is going on in the market this is ridiculously good oh the The, pineapple coconut the pineapple coconut sounds amazing and then the the other the other part of it is uh sort of what we want to drink too yep Definitely. <laughs> shift beers, you know, when you get off of work, you got to have a couple of shifties. So. I mean, a Belgian style wit, I mean, that is like, that, that style's known. There's other yeah. breweries yeah. that are doing it. It's a very, it's been in the American beer scene um, for a really long time. What, um, what kind of packaging will it be in? Uh, we're doing uh, six, or sorry, six packs, 12 ounce cans. Okay. Yep. How do you decide, and, and who decides that on the type of packaging it's going to be? Because you guys do... Do you do all forms of packaging here or just 12 and 16 ounce cans? Do you have a bottler? We do have a bottler. Yeah, so Blonde 
uh, Baltimore Blonde is in bottles as well. We do 12 packs, six packs, uh, glass, and then also 12 pack cans and 16 ounce cans and six pack cans. Um, but most of our other ones outside of the uh, sort of the um, the main beer, you know, we are the House of Blonde. Um, those will all be six pack, 12 ounce standard. Okay. Yep. But the so for a little while though, like the or are like the smaller limited release ones. Those go in the sixteen ounce cans. Or is yeah, that those changed? are produced on the uh, ten barrel pilots? Okay. Correct. Yep. So those are done a, just downstairs in the yeah. ten barrel. Yep. Okay. Uh, those don't get released out to the market. They're only sold here. Yeah, gotcha. we're only doing like a hundred case runs of those, so it's very small. Okay. Gotcha. All right, well, let's take a real quick sponsor break so Sean can get to his next uh, commitment. And then the Todd and Wag show will commence. Yeah, boy. Or yeah. Uh, the, getting the band back together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully you guys don't find a new job. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, you never know. Who else I, is coming? I have, uh, <laughs> I have some exciting uh, opportunities as newspaper carriers, if ooh, either of you ooh, are. I played that ooh, video game back in the day on MBS. Yeah. Paperboy, baby. That was a good one. That game was hard as hell. Oh, man. It was impossible. Uh, so thank you for joining me, Sean. Yeah, sorry, um, short-lived. Yeah, well, we it's know my whose fault. fault. We know whose fault that is. Um, but it's always a pleasure seeing yeah, you. Good catching up, man. Uh, <laughs> we will be right back. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts. Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. Okay, Ryan. Um, we can talk more about St. Patrick's Day. So there was a there was a village, and uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> jump right back. It in. takes a village. It to, takes uh, a village to build a village. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, St. Patrick's Day, twenty twenty two. It felt like in many ways this was the the. I, you know, I refuse to say return to normal because mm. I I think it's a new normal, but. There was definitely we we could sense an eagerness I think yeah. to gather and and this was the worst the worst this was the first one that felt, um, I don't know like like we were getting back to to the spirit of what things would have been I prior to twenty twenty. You were open for last year, right? We were open, or, yeah. But we was, didn't have any kind of festivities. Tent. We were still at a point where the tables had to be uh, separated and and people could only get up if they were moving to, to go to the restroom or to go order a drink and then they had to return to their table. So this was, uh, this was the first time, the first St. Patrick's Day since COVID uh, where people were able to just kind of be here, do, do, whatever they, do whatever they wanted to do to enjoy the space and enjoy the beer and food. And we had a lot of live music this month, probably the most live music we've ever done. Mm -hmm. um, 
It was it was good, you know. It, it and I, in thinking about it, as we were getting close to St. Patrick's Day, um, it's hard to believe. But Chris, you you know, you've been around with us since the very beginning. We have now been open in this space longer post COVID shutdown than we were pre COVID shutdown, which is oh, impossible yeah. to imagine. But we we have been open. Uh, we've been reopened almost two years mm-hmm. since that initial shutdown because we reopened on the outside. Uh, late May, I think early June. Um, and so that's, you know, we, we were only open, we were not open 18 months or it was just about 18 months when we shut down. So now it's been almost two years. It's that, that time warp. Oh, it's been such a hard time. Like when you think of try to place things on a timeline, remembering over the last few years, it feels like it took forever to get through those two years, but it also feels like a blur. Like that two years went by so quick. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, we, we learned a lot about ourselves. I, th- I think that COVID, and we're not alone, I, th- I think across the industry, you know, whether it's brewing or just generally hospitality, I think we all had to had to kind of find a new way to do business. You know, whether it was QR, I, I've never seen more QR codes in my life. I joked that somewhere that guy, 15 years later, is sitting in a dark room going, I knew it. <laughs> like I, I told everybody and nobody wanted to listen to me. Um, but so we, you yeah, know, whether they're finally it's, useful and not some just annoying I, thing that right. people were trying to force on you. Right, exactly. <laughs> Someone finally made fetch happen. Uh, but it's yeah. I mean, it, you know, we had to learn a new hospitality model. The staff here has been unreal. You know, in, in terms of every other week, there's been you know some new protocol or or some changing this or some changing that. You know, it's uh, the staff has really rolled with the punches. And and what I'll say is there has been no drop off in the beer production. You know, the quality of the beer. Uh, we often joke with the brewing team, they, they were essential workers, you know, the, literally, they, I don't, you never stopped coming to work. Nope. You know, the brewing team never stopped. It gave us a chance to put a lot of beer into barrels. We probably have as big a, a small batch barrel program right now as we've ever had because mm-hmm. of that. Uh, because for two months, you know, there was, there was, we weren't brewing for people coming into the building. You know, it's crazy. I can't remember where it was, but there were some states that didn't treat breweries as essential. Like, so they had to completely shut down. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of breweries had to swift, uh, like switch models and start making hand sanitizer and stuff like that, you know, like just to be able to keep the lights on. So thank goodness Larry Hogan likes beer. I mean, I think all Marylanders like yeah. beer. That's the big <laughs> thing, right? I mean, yeah. it was interesting to see the shift from like curbside pickup or, you know, other breweries doing like deliveries and stuff like that. And I think that's probably fallen off by now. But, you know, the curbside program for us, that was actually a really interesting interesting process to see the way that the public, because when we launched curbside and when everybody was doing curbside, I mean, we were doing, my God, like three, 400 orders a weekend, mm-hmm. you know, people coming in. And then when we opened up outside, the curbside was still there, but people were coming in and then eventually it got to a point where we were down to like one or two orders, you know, because <laughs> yeah. people just so desperately wanted to be in a space and they wanted to be yeah. around people. And the coolest thing about St. Patrick's Day, uh, two weekends ago, that weekend, St. Patrick's Day was a Thursday. That weekend was our biggest week ever, mm-hmm. including the seven day weeks prior to COVID. Oh wow. Um, and the Saturday was the biggest single day we've ever had from an attendance point of view, so March 19th. And what I loved about that day was, because it was so crowded, and because there were so many people here, we, did, we frankly didn't have enough seating. 
there, there were not enough tables. And so people were going up to, you know, you might've had two or three people at a big picnic table and two or three other people that they didn't know would walk up and, hey, do you mind if we share your picnic table? I mean, imagine that a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? would you would look at somebody, you better get away from my <laughs> table, right? And so seeing that return to that. I do not have a death wish. I agree, right? <laughs> yeah. I, show me a, you know, show me your negative test. Um, but it's, it, it, we, we still maintain that, that safety protocols, you know, making sure that everything is clean, making sure that our staff is safe. Uh, but within that, seeing that return to that spirit of togetherness in the brewery has been, uh, it's, it's been refreshing. It's been really nice to see. So you recently had your one millionth uh, customer. That was last month, right? That was in January, January. end of January. Oh yeah, this is April. That's crazy. It's April already. Three three months ago. Yeah. Um, April one. Happy April April Fool's Day. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I used to. Todd, you're fired. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) April Fools. I used to love April Fools Day because I felt like. Like there were, or well, Think Geek always had amazing uh, April Fools products that then ended up becoming real products because people wanted them so bad. Yeah. But like companies put like actual thought and effort. Mm-hmm. Some, oh, yeah. And now it's just like, I don't know. There was there was one <laughs> I saw. Annoying. There was one I saw earlier today. Maybe you guys saw it because I think somebody posted it in the Maryland Beer Drinkers Club. But it was a. Uh, I won't say the macro brewery, but there was a macro brewery and a crunch wrap supreme oh, yeah. beer. Did you see that? I saw that. That was hilarious. I, would, I, I mean, I tried. I tried. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too. Like every brewery that that like posts one of those like outlandish things, it's like well, you know damn well someone's they, just gonna make it now. Oh like, my gosh, <laughs> we were we were sitting uh, we were sitting at a bar, Todd and I, a couple weeks ago, and I, I gosh, I was just thinking about this last night. There's a guy that bounced up to the bar. And he was right next to us, so we heard his order, and he said, "Let me get uh, let me get an order of those uh, pork pulled pork nachos." The guy said, "Okay, what, you want a beer?" He said, "Yeah." He's looking at the menu. He said, "Let me get this uh, this blueberry pancake maple syrup," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> what a pairing!" Uh, but it's I mean that's true, right? Like ten years ago, somebody would like a brewery would have done an April Fool's post and would have been like, "Hey, we're we're ready to release this beer made with breakfast cereal, marshmallows, graham crackers," <laughs> and uh, and these days it's like. Yeah, and it's a normal yeah, Friday. It's like seventeen yeah. people are yeah, doing no. that. Right yeah, now. that's that's a that's a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get into more hype beers, man. Yeah. We got to we got to Todd get on that. Yes. We gotta, I'm gonna try. Yeah, well, you have Captain a, Dad beer over here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have your pastry style. Yeah. The yeah. Chris, come on, man. <laughs> I'm gonna try a little extra malt in my Hellas. <laughs> Just give it a pinch more. That's Todd going out on the limb. <laughs> I like crispy boys. What, pushing, what can I say? Pushing the envelope. Put, yeah, let me let me put this Pilsner in a different glass. Yeah, that'll be that'll keep me going. No shaker pints around here. No shaker pints. As we sip out of these little plastic plastic, plastic, plastic shaker cups. Mm-hmm. So you got the Belgian wit there, um, and I know that that's what you guys were talking about. That I I love this beer, man. It's one of my favorite styles, um, and it's it's remarkable to me that we're able to pull so much character out of the yeast. Oh yeah. Because I mean, it's that's Guinness ale yeast. That's the same yeast that makes Guinness Draft Stout. So it's. You know, the fact that we're able to get some of that peppery character, obviously the coriander plays a big role there, but um, I think it's good. And I, I love what Sean says all the time about it. As the weather warms up, that's the kind of beer you, you, you want in your hand. Yeah, you just gravitate towards it. It's yeah. just delicious. That, I mean, it's, um, it is definitely a nice warm weather beer. Yeah. yeah What's the ABV on it? 5%. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. 
And the pineapple coconut stout is 4.7. I that and I I love that about our brewers. I mean, we can go big. Like right now, we have an old fashioned ale, uh, barrel aged, old fashioned inspired ale. Excuse me. Uh, that's 11.5%. I spent two years in bourbon barrels. So, I mean, we can do those kind of things. Yeah. But I love, I, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just being in the industry and when you work around it, like that that 4 to 5% sweet spot, man. That's that's where I want to live. That's. Well, I, you, I agree. I mean, that's why I I wasn't kidding. I love this stout. It's we, amazing. We have it in four it's, packs, Chris. Well, we'll, we'll give you home. a four pack to take home. <laughs> you don't have to keep. I will. You know, I love it. You know, I just really love this beer. Yeah, I'm probably going to say it a couple of times because I'm not a huge, huge stout fan. But this is. You just haven't met the stout you like. Yet, yet the Guinness guy has been on five times on the podcast. I have. <laughs> I have met the stout I like. This one. There you go. It's a. A light pastry style. Oh, come on, Chris. There you go. You keep digging that knife right <laughs> so, in there. Don't it's a you? flaky pastry style. It's just a little. Yeah. There's got to be a better. I'll come up with it by the well, end I also, of this. I, I also think one of, one of the things that I've learned working here is that there are so many beers out there. And look, I'm not. I'm not judging anybody's business practices. I'm not judging what they do. Um, there's the music. You can't hear it in here. Yeah, I, know. I, know I just wanted doing. to make sure. I made sure it was off. Okay. Amateurs. Uh, I um. I mean, I could obviously determine that for myself. You didn't have to ruin the flow of the <laughs> yeah. episode. No, it's fine. No, this is a professional. I love, I love that you think there's a flow to this episode. That's, that's very what, disjointed. Yeah, I don't know. That's what we do. It's, that's the uncapped podcast. We don't have a flow. Uh, no, no. The tagline is just shy of professional. Just, oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, one of the things I learned though here is is uh, there's a lot of breweries out there, especially when you get these big nationwide releases. And again, there's nothing wrong with it, but if you use syrups or you use flavorings or extracts or those kind of things, that produces one type of flavor. But on the 10 barrel, especially some of these small batch beers, it's whole pineapple puree. It's toasted coconut, right? I mean, those whole ingredients, man, they make a difference. It's not easy to do at scale. And I, I'll be completely honest about that but when you can use whole ingredients like that yeah. my goodness doesn't matter. I mean the, the cool thing is we have another regional release coming up called salt and lime which we did last year yeah. and we're actually using really key lime puree in the 100 hectoliter so that is real lime that you're that getting in that be beer. a lot of yeah. uh there's a lot, a lot of key of, lime puree. Yeah. It's, it's the, also is it like a tractor trailer filled with fifty gallon no, It doesn't drums? take that much to get that kind of uh, flavor okay. out of it because yeah. it's lime. So. It's just one key lime. It's amazing. It's Todd, absolutely amazing. Todd just stood up on the yeah. top and wrung so, out. Yeah. A, no, no, we have we have one of those like like juice presses. Uh, we yeah. put it through the Jack Lalanne power juicer <laughs> right into the kettle. Um, that one's also cool because it uh, we I ran into some uh, some some interesting commentary on this. We use uh, salt that's harvested from uh, a company called Barrier Island Salt Company right at the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay. So we, you know, we're like, hey, man, this is Chesapeake Bay sea salt. And as soon as I put that phrase down on paper, somebody's like, it's a bay. It's not sea salt. I'm like, no, no, it's, it's at the mouth of the bay. Like, just move on. And it's brackish water. There is salt in that water. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I just wanted to say brackish. <laughs> All that just led to, just led to brackish. science fact. We can day. move on now. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing it was collected before uh, that ship got stuck there. <laughs> oh my gosh, they—that thing—that's like a—it's like a whole saga. They—they're—they're they're having to dig into the bed of the uh, of the bay. That um, someone should look into that company. <laughs> I saw. Well, I saw. A, I saw a comment the other day from a brewer. I can't remember who it was, but they're like, every time somebody asks us when the next special release is coming, I tell them our cans are on that boat. <laughs> it's pretty good. Well, apparently, though, there is a ton of beer on that boat. Really? Like a lot. Yeah. A lot of imported 
um, beers are really. I thought it was um, going to like Newport News or something from Baltimore. They drink a lot of import beers down in Newport News. I, don't know. <laughs> that, I mean, that was it was the, on the internet that I saw that. So, so it's true. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious. My, my favorite friend. quote in the world: "Never believe everything you read on the internet." Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was it was on Facebook, and I don't think I've ever been led astray no, by never. Absolutely not. No. Um. Well, let's take uh, another quick sponsor break, and then when we get back, we can talk about uh, what else you guys have coming up. Sweet. I'm, I'm sure you have something. You have a lot of sponsor breaks. You're you 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 turned this sponsored. into it's very corporate-y, I know. This podcast yeah. now. It's changed. we'll be right back i buy my beer at district east in downtown frederick maryland they have an amazing selection of local and hard to find beers and i love the option of making my own mix and match custom six-pack district east is on northeast street in frederick in the same shopping center as showroom restaurant and rockwell brewery most weeks they have over 950 beers in stock check out this week's selection at www districteastbeer.com Are you planning on having custom glassware made for your business? Glassware availability for 2022 has already reached capacity and it looks like costs will predictably rise this year. Don't worry, ACS Brand My Beverage has you covered with over 6 million units of the most popular glass styles exclusively in their inventory to meet your branded glassware needs right now. Lock in today's lower prices and take immediate delivery or ACS will store your product for you until you're ready. Email sales at brandmybeverage.com or visit brandmybeverage.com to reserve your glassware. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. So Guinness has decided to move on to the western frontier. Yes, it's very Oregon Trail of us. Uh, we, we're, we're not trying to get dysentery. So. No, we, we, we bought as many axles as we could. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, we're, we're, we're stoked, man. Uh, we we um, found a cool space in the West Loop of Chicago. It's, a, it's an old railroad depot. Um, much, much smaller than, than what is here in Baltimore. I mean, if you think about okay, it. Okay, that was, that was going to be my question. Yeah, how, how sure. it compare? I, that's going to be, it's, it's a 10-barrel brewery. Uh, tap room space and then a private event space all on one floor. Um, if to put it in comparison, that was a hot mic to put yeah, it in it comparison. Um, I even have you turned way down. I'm a very resonant. I have a very resonant voice. Chris. Yeah. Um, me. This, this floor that we're sitting on now, and if anybody's been to the brewery, if you're inside the tap room, the entire floor. So if you include everything, the barrel room that we're in, the tap room, the retail space, all of that. And the back of house is about 22 and a half thousand square feet. That's the size of one of these floors. The entire space in Chicago, brewery, tap room, and event space is 15,000 square feet. So it's gonna be, it's, it's, it's small um, in comparison. I mean, it's still gonna be a really nice space. Yeah. And uh, the, the goal out there is just to bring, you know, bring a little bit of the magic that we've, you know, we think we've created here in Baltimore and try to recreate it. You know, we've, we've uh, managed to somehow take a 260 year old global brand and turn it into a local bar. 
And I think that's what we'll aim to do in Chicago. You know, that, that, that spirit of innovation, creativity, uh, community building, for sure. Uh, those are all the things that we're, we're planning to take with us. And there's going to be a little bit of Baltimore out there, too. You know, um, beers like El Dorado, you know, the beer that, that you're sipping on right now. El Dorado Amber became a core beer for us out in the world about a year. No, not quite. Eight months ago, something mm-hmm. like that. Second best Amber you make. What's the first best? Oh, the tea one. Oh, the breakfast tea? Yeah, yeah breakfast tea. We just had it for St. Patrick's Day. Man. That, that beer great. is so good. It Delicious. is good. Um, I mean, that's basically the base. We just add yeah. tea to it. Um, but yeah, that so I mean. That adds a lot. That, that little tea addition adds so much to it. Mm-hmm. That's a Peter Weens jam. Yep. Breakfast tea amber. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll, you know, so beers like El Dorado, the Belgian wit we talked about earlier, th- those beers will be on the tap list out there. So there'll be a little bit of Baltimore uh, on the taps, but that 10 barrel is going to be producing, you know, whatever the folks in Chicago tell us that they want. You know, it's the same process we went through here with the, the test tap room, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like um, they'll they're kind of be close to this, like same size as what the test tap room here was, right? It's a little uh, bigger? Yeah, a, a, bigger. A, bigger. Yeah. I would say that the tap room in Chicago is probably going to be similar in size to the tap space that we have in the TTR. Okay. But you also have the benefit of that extra, um, uh, the extra event space, and then a whole back of house with the 10 barrel brewery, a kitchen. So we're still gonna be serving food and doing all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, the, the TTR, look, we, you know, we, we talk about it all the time. Those were, not that we're not having a blast here, but there were fun times oh, in the yeah. TTR, man. That was, that was a, was you fun. came down there a bunch. I mean, yeah. it was just a neat space to, to have a, a brewery like Guinness operating using a two barrel uh, brewery. You know, I think that the test tap room was the first time I ever met Ty. Oh, Ty Grease. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm almost positive. Really? From Hysteria? Yeah. yeah. When you, there was, oh, the, oh, yeah. there was an industry night at the. Yeah, the, we did. Yeah. We did like a, yeah. Like welcome to Baltimore kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ty, I, I think that was the first time I ever met Ty. Huh. I, yeah. That was a good night, man. I was, that was a, that it was, was a fun. very big feather in my cap there. Cause that was very early on. Mm-hmm. Cause we opened that October 27th of, of 17. I had just gotten hired by Guinness. You weren't even Mm-mm. in yet, right? That was that was in 2018. I, yeah, I started June, uh, January 2018. January of 18. Um, so I, uh, I'd only been on the job four months at that point, three months, and and to be able to bring everybody together like that. I mean, there was obviously some curiosity. Um, and then my, <laughs> when we did the same thing here, which I I, don't, I can't remember if you came down for that yeah, one. Okay. Yeah, we did an industry night when we opened the the main space that we're in now. And that was the uh, that was evening where Greg Lee, our buddy Greg, who's mm-hmm. now at Inverness, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Greg had the quote of the millennium <clears throat> that night at the, when we opened here. So I saw him from across the room because if you know Greg, Greg's about nine and a half feet tall, giant beard, always wears overalls, and so you know Greg when you see him. And I, you know, saw him from across the room and walked over. I was like, "Gregors, man, good to see you. Thanks for coming down. You know, what do you think of the place?" And Greg, Lee, you've heard this story. Greg mm-hmm. looked at me and goes, "Well." Considering you had unlimited resources, it's not bad. <laughs> I was like, Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. I'll take that. That's uh, a great quote. Greg is Greg's the best man. I love Greg's that guy. one of my favorite people. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, we have we have a great time every time he comes down. And what's the other? Br- Tom, uh, it's not Tom. Is it Tom? The other guy that he brews yeah, with up there. Yeah, I think it's Tom. Yeah. I think it's Tom. They, yeah, they're just good, solid people. Yeah, the owners up in Inverness are great as well. We've gone up a couple times, and yeah, good people. What are you thinking about that El Dorado there? It's good. Yeah. But I mean, like, I love the, I love the breakfast tea yeah. one. So it's, I mean, I think the big thing about this beer, even without the tea, it has a, a nice, like, uh, has a nice tea character to it. See how good you sound? Yeah. It sound way better, right? I yeah. don't know. 
But so the the hops that we use in this are, of course, Eldorado and Laurel. And I think the Laurel really has a nice tea uh, character too, and the Eldorado adds a nice citrus component. So like lemony, yeah, yeah. You get a lot of lemon. Did you notice when he leaned into the microphone, all of a sudden his voice Barry got lower. Yeah. And he's going to talk to me. Love this El Dorado Amber Laurel Hops. Can I ask you a question? Because I've noticed this, with, and I'm talking to Todd right now. I realize nobody can see me. You, I've noticed that when you talk about hops in beer, mm-hmm. you always singular, it, it's a singular. We put Laurel Hop as opposed to Laurel Hops. We use El Dorado Hop. Uh, Have you noticed that you do that? No. Is that an intentional thing? I, it makes me think that we just use the one. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the, the one, one key hop. lime. Yeah. Just one hop. In the I mean, beer. it's a proper name, right? It wouldn't be like, it's Eldorado Hop. Not hops. I don't know. That's just to me. I was just curious, and now I feel like I've opened a Pandora's box where every time he talks about hops, now he's going to be thinking to himself. Back of my mind. Yeah. All self conscious every time. There's going to be a pause every time before he says hop from now on. 100%. We put Eldorado hops. (laughs) No, this was the Eldorado, you know, we, we went around with a couple different names for it. And what's interesting about this style. They don't exist anymore. And I feel like 15 years ago, they were everywhere. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And now you, I mean, like Manor Hill's got a great one, mm-hmm. right? And there, there's a couple of, you know, fat tires still kicking around out there. I'm trying to do the math. But even New Belgium has leaned so hard into um, the uh, Voodoo, yeah, Voodoo series that like that fat tire is almost secondary to that. Mm-hmm. I, um, could, I mean, Amber Ales were my... Gateway. For, yeah, they were my gateways into craft beer. It was uh, Nugget Nectar. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, actually, it was... Crap, what's their lower amber ale? I don't From Trogues? Yeah, because Nugget Nectar is their imperial amber, yeah, but yeah. they have they have like a regular amber. I can't remember. Like that was for... And then um, uh, what, was, what was Flying Dogs? Flying Dog, I don't remember. They don't the, make it anymore. The one, the one from Flying but, Dog that was was sort of a, a big one for me as I was coming into into craft was uh, Atlanta. They had like an Atlantic lager. Hmm. It was called Underdog, I think is what oh, it was yeah. called or something like yeah. that. I like that beer. It was a good one. Yeah, I mean, like, but you look around now, and, and I, I actually just did this the other day. I was in my local uh, local shop. They're just not, you don't see them. Like, there are no amber ales, really. I mean, no, no. aside from one or two, and you kind of have to look for them. So, I, I love this style. I think that it definitely has a, has a niche. Old, Old scratch. scratch. Yeah. yeah. It, definitely has a, it definitely has a niche, you know, amber ales. I, I think that it's, it's comforting flavors, that toasty bread, uh, malt kind of yeah. characteristic. And what I love about ours is it's modernized, right? It's lighter in body. It's lighter in color. The hop that Todd was talking about, <laughs> that kind of citrusy, lemony characteristic, really, it, it just kind of lightens and brightens the beer up a little bit. Um, and this is another one, by the way, 4.8% alcohol, so under five. I think it's like their <clears throat> amber ales can have a lot of flavor in them, but it's not like overwhelming. No, it's so just not going to wreck your palate. Yeah, if you're not, um, if you're not into craft beer at all, it's kind of it, like it is a really good gateway because it's more flavorful than macro mm-hmm. law or whatever you want to call what they make um where like you're going to definitely taste a difference but it's not like you just hand them an ipa or yep something that's slapping you in the face with definitely flavor. i mean i feel like a lot of our uh regional and national releases are more approachable beers right so we want to yeah. basically introduce people to these styles that maybe they weren't 
you know maybe they weren't around 15 years ago maybe they were underage or something at that point and we're just revisiting these when i you know you mentioned the na- the national releases i i think i've even joked with you chris before that that we focus on two words here that are almost they've almost become dirty words in some respects or at least they were for a while. I think we're coming back around to it. But everyone bal- considers the F word a dirty I'm word. I'm not going to say it, <laughs> balance and drinkability. Yeah. Right. I mean, those two things like you have, you can, it's okay. And yeah. the one, the one time I noticed it, and I know Todd, you and I have talked about this a lot. I even posted on my personal Facebook a couple of months ago. Cause I just got so exhausted by it. This idea that a barrel aged stout has to be viscous, mm-hmm. has to be syrupy, has to be this. Cause one thing that we get, negative and it's always negative nobody says it in a positive way but when we release a beer like barrel aged chocolate mint or the imperial stout you know the the, even the stock ale those beers in my opinion are fantastic Mm -hmm. i I love what we do i love what what the team does with barrel aged beers but one thing i see over and over again on that bastion of good feedback untapped uh (laughs) is um people saying that oh it's it's too thin it's too thin it's too i'm like guys you're allowed to have carbonation and a medium body in a barrel aged beer, it does not have to pour like motor oil. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think that's that's definitely uh, a product of pretty. It, it's rare even just to get a regular barrel aged stout now. Right. Like a barrel aged adjunct. Yeah, a, bar, yeah. a barrel aged stout has marshmallow, peanut butter, graham cracker. Like it's it has every possible. I feel like blueberry it, pancakes. I yeah. I, but I feel like consumers are going to start. I, I would say we're probably seeing the shift really, you know, people are probably going to go back to beers like old Rasputin or something like that, where they were just mainstays and you know, the dra- dragon's milk, yeah, right? dragon's milk yeah. from new Holland. Yeah. Like those beers are fantastic. They're, and they're just barrel aged styles. There's nothing fancy about them, but that's what, you know, we cut our teeth on when we were coming into the craft beer industry. And I mean, they're, they're fantastic for a reason. And I think that you can have a barrel-aged beer that is drinkable. Yep. You can have a barrel-aged beer that is, you know, it's, it, and, and we, you know, I spent 12 years bartending, something like that. And, and I always used to be amazed by the people who would send a drink back because they could, the quote, I can't taste the alcohol. Mm-hmm. You're not, you, you the don't whole goal, taste. right. I mean, when you make a barrel-aged stout, you should be tasting vanilla. You should be yeah. tasting oak. You should be tasting like, almost like cola kind of characteristics. It's not about like, can can you just smash my face in with, with high alcohol content Although, and a million adjuncts? I will say like lately, every stout I've had that was like 10% or so you could not decipher any alcohol in it at all. Is it just because, because of all the adjuncts? adjuncts? No, yeah. no. Even like Idiom just came out with one called Booze Cruise, and it has it has a little bit like it's it's probably adjuncted to the point that the pineapple coconut one is like mm. the hints of it, but it's just the the mm. alcohol so hidden. Well, that's good. Yeah, we're. I mean, uh, um, our our guys at Sapwood. I mean, they they you know. Mike and and uh, and Scott and those guys do they they a couple of beers that we've had from them mm-hmm. you know was it like the shelled and the, mm-hmm. that kind of thing like there there is a lot of really fantastic beer being made I just think that there I don't know how it happened I don't know where it happened but this idea and it really comes down to the body where where people think it needs to be rich and syrupy and like I just and I like carbonation in beer I think carbonation is a big part mm-hmm. of what makes beer what it is and you don't want it to be cloyingly sweet either because no. you can only have a few ounces of it before you get tired this is the best one so far really yeah i love this beer you love this beer i mean this the, the stout also but this is amazing so what, this vienna lager yeah the vienna lager so yeah. then uh it's the wrong color 
Oh, shut up, Brian. <laughs> it's not. So, all right. So let me go into a brief history of one of my pet projects here. Uh, I've basically been tasked with doing uh, a lot of the work up on the Harp Legacy Lager Yeast. So over the last couple of years. Did you almost say Yager Yeast? Yager. Like Yarmir Yager. Um, but... <laughs> Hey, thanks, Ryan. Uh, so, like, that's what I've been working on, just trying to refine the process and figure out that yeast, just because it's a totally different animal. Um, but it's a fantastic workhorse yeast. And, I mean, we produce things from uh, barrel-aged Doppelbox to Hellas to that Vienna Lager that you're holding in your hand right now. Uh, so the big thing about that Vienna Lager is I tried to model it after one that would be found probably in the 1800s, late 1800s. So this is more of a traditional Vienna. So. You can go, Ryan. I know you want to say some words. Well, no, I think this is a brilliant beer. I really do. It's really good. When, when, you, when you think about modern variations, and by modern, I mean, it's like mid-20th century, so still 70 years of history. But Vienna Lagers, they started adding caramel malt to them to give them a little bit of color because uh, the brewers of Vienna Lagers started seeing the success that Meritzens were having. And so they wanted to bring a little bit of that color in to make it seem more, more reminiscent of a Meritzen. But the original version, and Todd and I talked quite a bit about this. I mean, I, I look, I, I bust his chops a lot. That's my job. Um, Todd is about as sharp as it comes when it comes that to beer history. Your, and I forgot that that was also in your email signature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> chops buster of Brewer Todd. Um, but no, I, look, Todd is, Todd is a historian when it comes to beer. And it's a lot of fun to pick his brain and, and talk to him about different styles and how he, you know, we talk about party guy brewing mm. and, and those kind of things. I mean, like really digging into not just the yeast, but also some of the processes that we can do with the yeast, bringing those lager characteristics. I, I make no, uh, no bones about it. The best beers we've done on that 10 barrel are the lagers. I, I don't think there's any question whether it's the Hellas that we've made a tradition every September into October. Uh, you know, the, the, I'm excited about this barrel aged Doppelbach that should probably be tapping up next week. Um, the, it, Rice Lager was a mm. brilliant beer we did. Uh, was that last fall? Mm -hmm. um, so the, these beers, and I think that yeast in particular, the work that Todd has done, and and the understanding that we now have of a yeast strain that Guinness has been using for 80 years. You know, it's a long time. Um, and we're able to dig in and really make some of those beers that are just so delicious and they're so simple. You know, Todd and I talk, and this is not, I, I think every brewer thinks this, when you walk into a brewery, you wanna try a Pilsner because mm. you, that's the measure, yeah. right? There's nothing to hide behind. Uh, and and that, that Vienna, you know, we've done a rice lager. Um, uh, what else? I mean, the Schwartz <laughs> beers have been great. Done. We did a dark Czech yeah. lager that was amazing. People, what yeah. um what hop did you use in this? Uh, Tetanang. So it's a one hop, one malt. So it's as simple as you can get. So we call that a smash beer. <laughs> <laughs> single malt and single hop. Yeah, the Viet uh, the uh, Hellas is always a smash beer too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, just Vienna malts, just Tetanang. Oh, um, and follow up to earlier, why Chicago? Uh, it's a good question. You know, we, we looked around. We, we um, obviously wanted a place that had an affinity for, for Guinness and for our, our brand and our brewery. Um, it is a top three market in the country for Guinness. But also, I think uh, taking it to a place, you know, you mentioned opening the Western frontier. But, you know, I think that um, you consider a place like New York, you can be in New York two and a half hours from here. You know, it's, it's, it's right up the street. I think expanding the reach a little bit. Um, the benefit that we have, we have a huge production facility in Plainfield, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. So there's, there's, we have, 
we're not going to use them for any production, but having that kind of home yeah. base out there, understanding the mechanics of, of what's going to happen out there. They already die the river green. They already mm-hmm. die the river green. Um, I actually pitched uh, that we have a, a, a fountain inside the inside the brewery that is just green water. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody listens to me anymore. But um, yeah, no, Chicago is just it, there's a lot to like. And also, I mean, you, you maybe maybe the uh, the best beer market in the country. I'm sure they would. You know, there's a lot of folks that. You know, obviously Asheville, which is the Frederick of the South. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. Chris would argue that Frederick is the best beer market in the world, mm-hmm. in the country. But yeah, I mean Chicago people is. People are saying that. I think the I think they have. <laughs> You're the people. The people. The people are definitely saying. No, actually, uh, Peter Francia did say it during like a campaign stop. <laughs> the, that the, Frederick he, is what? I, he, I, it was one of my talking points. He's doing he a says, whistle yeah. stop tour in yeah. the back of a train. <laughs> this no. is the best bear market in the country. <laughs> Thank you. No, no. He, he, he referred to Frederick as like the East Coast capital of craft beer. I so love that. It yeah. was, I uh, think Chicago at this point, I'm pretty sure this is true, is the most breweries yeah per i don't know if it's per capita or i think just overall yeah, in general uh, i thought that was Pens- i thought pennsylvania had no, that. that's, that's a, a whole state that's a state, that's a whole state. Yeah, <laughs> you're right you're right you're, never mind yeah <laughs> pennsylvania definitely has more breweries and than it chicago was, it was and but it's also wrong there's like volume or something was the uh, I love you, Chris. Yeah, the, <laughs> as soon as I started to say it, I heard it. <laughs> I was already committed. And you didn't stop yourself. Um, That's no, and I, I also didn't. think, you know, I, I don't I don't think that we're ever gonna get to a point where the open gate brewery is like in every suburban shopping mall. You no. know what I mean? It's it's not gonna we're not gonna do that. I just quoted uh a Tom Cruise movie that was interesting, um, but we're never Top Gun. No, it was actually uh, Cocktail is what I just quoted completely accidentally. Um, but you know, I think that if Chicago goes well, which you know we hope it will, we think it will. I mean, I, I could see a, a circumstance where you see maybe one or two more of these yeah. popping up in different places, in majors, other major markets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I there's. You know, I love Chicago, I, and that's purely speculation on my part. Neither Todd nor I are in the uh, the payment bracket to mm-hmm. uh, to be able to make those calls. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's exciting. You know, I I think we've learned a uh, God, we've learned a hell of a lot here. We're going to be able to take that to Chicago. Um, it's going to be a smaller footprint, so I think it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to have to be a completely different model. But the good news is the beer is going to be up to up to the standards of Guinness, which right. are pretty darn high. I hear they have good pizza there. They have good casserole. Yes. Don't don't get me started uh, on this. They, they got really good hot dogs. Portillo's yeah, is amazing. Yeah, they put pickles on them. Oh, I love a good pickle on my hot dog. Mm. That didn't sound <laughs> awkward at all. So let's let's talk about pizza, right? Because Todd and I have this argument all the oh, time. Gosh. And uh, Chicago, that is not a pe- That's a casserole. That much sauce, that much crust. That's a lot of bread. Do you know where the home of the world's best pan pizza we know white we, do. we do congrats yeah. to those guys uh, by the way uh, Todd and I said we were going to take a drive up yep. what are you doing tomorrow uh, what are you doing Sunday I don't know I gotta figure that out maybe Sunday maybe Sunday yeah. maybe we do it on Sunday yeah. I have this is my first weekend off in a while congratulations I'm very excited can I um, come with you I want some yeah, pizza you, you're yeah you're gonna be there yeah we're gonna do that uh, but anyway <laughs> we so Chicago that is a really have you ever had like yeah. Jude, like Lou Malnati's yeah. like the whole deal they, really good not pizza to me not pizza and, and I'm gonna you're gonna play this and it's gonna be broadcast it's across Chicago, Chicago. <laughs> but it's man it, it, but also Chicago has a really good thin crust pizza scene that nobody talks huh. about they have a really good like kind of Brooklyn style you know thinner crust um, 
But Todd and I get into the argument because mm. pizza around here. We got we got to go out to the place you're talking about because I got to give it a shot. We just did what was the place? Gills. Gills, which is a landmark in Baltimore. It's been there since the '50s, I think. And that was good. Yeah, delicious good pizza. It's not um, the world's best. I'm excited because they do Detroit style, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a Detroit style guy. Well, I this love was, Detroit. Well, style. they do a lot of Detroit, but I think this was specifically pan. Isn't that Detroit, was the category? Isn't that Detroit style? It's like big focaccia. No, it's like, different because oh, like it? on the Detroit, it's. Actually, I'm going to stop talking because I don't know. But I think I <laughs> you think sounded like an authority there for a second. Well, because it's been explained to me, but I don't remember half of what's ah. said. To me. But it has more to do like caramelization of cheese on the sides. That's the, that's Detroit style. Yeah. 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 So it's, and so it's also focaccia. It has to be focaccia if it's Detroit style. It's also really funny because if Sean were still word. here, who's a Michigan guy, he would tell you there is no such thing as Michigan <laughs> as, as Detroit, Detroit style pizza. Like there's no what is it, Little Caesars? Like that's not. <laughs> yeah. But that focaccia cheese baked over the edge of the crust. There's was a great the last spot. Last time in you ever had Little Caesars pizza? Oh, dude, I loved a hot and ready. I was a fan of the hot and ready when I was Pizza's a kid. Awful. It. I mean, it has I, its place. Yeah. It, oh yeah. I mean, it has its yeah. place, but it's awful. I just I remember the 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 big transition when Domino's kind of like we're like, like hey guys we know our pizza's awful but we made it better <laughs> but they did and, and they like, took it to like number one man like they turned themselves good. around it, that pizza is okay like it's passable it's and it's not you know that was a brilliant marketing oh, campaign, yeah. I still gotta though. say I gotta take you we gotta go to Connecticut we gotta go up and get the coal oh, yeah. fired like oof. have you ever been there Connecticut, Connecticut? yeah I Connecticut been to pizza Connecticut oh like like so New Haven pizza like. Where there are I? gas stations in Connecticut that have pizza that'll like blow your mind. There we go. It's a, it's a, Todd and I we argue about this all the time. About okay. Pizza. <sighs> and fried chicken. And fried. Well, n- no, we don't argue about it. It is unequivocally the greatest gas station fried oh, chicken God, ever. There we go. But that's what you need now, to. Now make we're going that, into separate tangent. You then. need to make that clarification. Which where? We're not gonna. We're not gonna dig into it, that. We, we're not gonna do it. No, I mean, we, there, there is, there is a very, very famous, very well known. Sheets? Nope. Uh, nope. You're close though. Wawa? Nope. It's getting all around it now. <laughs> There's um, only one left. I mean, state. those are the only two I can think of. All right. So, um, I don't. I don't like Royal Farms. Oh God. Yes. Um, Todd would tell you that makes you not a Marylander. Well, he's not a Marylander, so not that's why. He's from Pennsylvania. Sheets is far and away better. Oh, without it, it's not. Wawa is better question? than Sheets. Yeah, I will agree with that. Ooh, that surprises me. All right, a Pennsylvania all right, guy. All right, let's yeah. keep let's keep this train rolling. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. Todd's I don't, getting, he's getting in his feelings right now. We got to move on. I don't. I don't let my upbringing cloud uh, my judgment of what is obviously okay. better. You probably Up top. That you probably is a high five. Like for Manny Brothers is probably the bomb or something. Hey, we no, throw for French Manny Brothers and stuff. Disgusting. Oh, okay. I mean, that's where you. That's yeah. a heavy words for a Pittsburgh. Man. Yeah, but they're disgusting. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I want to go eat a sandwich that's going to make me feel horrible about myself <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> that's so, that's so weird. Smell that. I um, it almost takes on like a as it warms up like that like really chocolatey, smoky kind of thing. Per, Permani Brothers is the only place where you go and order a two thousand calorie sandwich, and they ask you if you'd like a slice of pizza as a side. Oh my god! <laughs> I actually had a, with all the with all the uh, I, we were talking about. I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but like the, we were talking about the best and worst regional cuisine. Like when a, when a city or an area is defined by one type. Deep dish pizza in Chicago is one of those things, yeah. right? Where you you know what it is. And by the way, I love 
that. I just have, I struggle to call it pizza. Um, but I think the worst one, the worst one has got to be Cincinnati. What are their, what's theirs? Chili. Skyline Chili. You've never had Skyline Chili? No. You got to look it up. They put like I try to avoid anything chili. from Ohio. <laughs> they put hot dog chili on Spaghetti. angel hair <laughs> pasta noodles and then top it with shredded cheddar. And that's a thing. That's stupid. It's a thing. <laughs> and like when Cincinnati made the Super Bowl, everybody in the world was talking about Skyline this, Skyline that. I'm like, guys, I've had it. It's rough. Mac and cheese as a base for chili is good. Hmm. I'm okay. Yeah. Chili Mac. Yeah. yeah. That's but good. The, it's just yeah. weird. Yeah. Skyline yeah. chili is just, it's, it's strange to me. Here I am alienating all the uh, know. peoples yeah. across the country. That's <laughs> my job. And I, I think people often would go to loot up uh, for Manny brothers for Pittsburgh, but I go pierogi pierogies in oh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Baltimore is obvious. Crab cakes. Hmm. Crab, crab cakes, steamed crabs. Um, Philly, obvious. Uh, no, 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 no. You get a roast pork sandwich in Philly. You don't get a cheesesteak in Philly. I don't like cheesesteak. Cheese Everybody cake. in the world would say cheesesteak. Nah, man. You yeah. get roast pork. Roast, roast pork is the best there. Broccoli New York, Rob. New York's, New York's pizza. Yeah. Right? Connecticut's pizza. That, that you know, kind of up, up and down. Maine, you get lobster. Mm. That's good. All right. Does... Um, <laughs> Do you have anything else coming up that you want to go over before I start asking um, you some random stupid I, questions? I would say uh, if, if folks are, when are you, when are you putting this up? It's later today. Later today. So come down and try the old fashioned deal. I think I it's some I think really it's super good cool. uh, scheduling. This I actually, week. I actually might bring, <laughs> I might bring it. Uh, maybe when we finish up, we'll, we'll let you try that one. The old fashioned deal is cool. That's not going to be here very long. We have a very small number of kegs and some cans. Um, the Irish Barley Porter, man, I, I, I love that beer. We released it on St. Patrick's Day using barley from Dundalk, Ireland. Uh, really cool story that we brought the malt over. That was a, that was a Todd Perkins joint. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and then moving forward, um, we have an, uh, a really cool event happening at the end of June, which is uh, the Arts and Drafts Festival. We do that with the Baltimore County Arts Guild. So uh, releasing two beers for that one. It's going to be a hazy IPA. Uh, called Harmonic Haze, which off air will tell you the really funny story about that one. And then uh, the other beer is going to be uh, our Blueberry Lime Ale, which has been really popular on draft. We're putting it in cans for the first time. So uh, that's going to be end of June. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, for us, this is the after St. Patrick's Day, man. We just kind of, you know, we have Mother's Day, Father's Day. Uh, we got a couple things coming this summer, but just come out and enjoy the brewery, man. There's going to be something new on almost every week. It feels like we, mm-hmm. we rotate into a new beer. So the it, Barrel Age Doppelbach is coming. It is a nice place. Ooh, Batch 62 is back on. Mm-hmm. That beer is awesome. Uh, that's draft only this time around. So, yeah, there's, there's, you know, just come down, grab a bike, grab a beer, say hello. All right. How do you guys want to do this? Do you want to take turns? Do you, you one of you want to answer these questions? I think we both answer them at the same time. That'll be chaotic. I don't want to do it that way. It doesn't way. matter. Whatever you want to well, do. Well, just I, all right. Uh, Todd, do you wash apples before eating them? No, that's disgusting. No way. Yeah, no, I don't either. Do you even give it like the? I give it like a little what, once over my yeah, hand. That counts as washing. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't do any of that. Uh, best best fast food French fries. Defend your answer. Ooh, <laughs> I'm gonna say Arby's with the curly fries. Those things are the jam. That's dude. the right answer. That's that's good. And you know the ones you can get for at home are almost as good too. Really? I mean, yeah, I would throw them in an air fryer. Delicious. Mm. I would. I got two answers to this because one is not really fast food, but it's it's like fast casual. So Mission Barbecue makes a really good French fry. Hmm. And Five Guys, good oh, fries. Fr- good five. five Guys French fries are disgusting. Re- 
Really? What would the title of your biography be? Oh, man. That is a tough question. <laughs> there. Yeah. I talk too much. <laughs> Checks out. That is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crease attack. <laughs> All right. We got a memoir answer. by Todd Perkins. <laughs> uh, Todd, what's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, when people use the word ignorant wrong. Oh, it drives me up the wall. I don't know why. So you're constantly driven up the wall because there's like three people that use ignorant correctly. <laughs> Pretty much. There are literally three. <laughs> uh, people posting photos with really horrendously dirty beer glassware. You know what? I have a tough time with that. And I know the whole there's like the whole thing on the Maryland Beer Drinkers Club. Like, oh, the, the dirty beer glass glassware police. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I don't care. It is a pet peeve. They're, um, eh, we won't get into it. Um, flats or drumsticks? Flats for me. I don't know that Todd has an answer. Uh, both, but I mean, if I was pressed to it, I'd say flats. That's T- the correct Todd answer. Todd is a wing guy. I love my wings. Who would win in the battle between a ninja and a pirate? Where Ooh. is it? Doesn't yeah. matter. Are they on the boat? I mean, pirates are almost exclusively on boats most right. of the time. So yeah, we'll I'm gonna, say yes on the boat. I'm going to say the ninja just because he has the element of surprise. I'm going to go with pirate. Thank you. Yeah. That what is, is he going right to do? Answer. Hit him with his hook? The ninja's got ninja stars and <laughs> it's stuff. It's not Captain Hook. We didn't claim that. <laughs> He's got uh, a peg leg. He can't run. Pirates have. Not all of them have peg legs, Todd. Stop painting them with one brush. <laughs> pirates have cannons. They have yeah, guns. They have knives. They have sabers. At his boat. Like, he's on the boat. Why would he shoot the cannon at the boat? Like, that's not going to be conducive to the <laughs> winning the battle. at the boat. He's shooting it at the ninja. Yeah, but they're both on the boat. Like, I don't. <laughs> Todd, accept it. You're wrong. <laughs> Follow-up question. Is Batman a ninja? Ninja. Yes. He, uh, he was trained to be a ninja. I the Christian Bale one was. Yes. I I I don't know, but I also struggle to call him a superhero. Because yeah. he has no he has no superhero. He just has a lot of money and cool stuff. Yeah. He's not a superhero. He is a crime fighter, not yeah. a superhero. He's a, a detective. Lot of, a lot of hot takes by Ryan today. I know. Yeah. I mean, but there's nothing even like Iron Man has a superhero suit. So he himself is not a superhero, but the suit makes him one. You don't consider the bat suit? It's not superhero? a superhero suit. It's got ears. Yeah. He's got like, he's, what, what is superhero? Iron Man can Utility shoot you belt. with his hand cannons. <laughs> he can fly. Batman can, well, Batman can do the hub, like he can glide. glide. Yeah, he can glide. Anybody can do that with a parachute. Have strong feelings about I that. I do. Wow. Batman to you me opened is up a, a can of worms. Batman to me is a, yeah, I mean, I enjoy Batman. I, I like, I like. Touched a nerve. Know, but, yeah. Man. Yeah. Continue. (laughs) Um, What's the scariest movie you've ever watched? You know who's given the best answer to this question? Your boy Eno Saris. Oh, what did he say? Uh, The Blair Witch Project, because he didn't know going into it it was fake, and he had just (laughs) taken an edible. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Um, Oh, man. That's a good one. there, there was a movie that messed me up. Uh, Event Batman? Horizon. Oh, oh yeah, Event Horizon. Was Event Horizon movie. messed me up. That idea of yeah, that one was. I haven't that seen that. That's it's, an older it, movie. This is not, and this is the second time that movie's been. Yeah, it's the Larry Fishburne, Sam Neill. Mm. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a creepy one. Jolie Richardson. What's scarier, aliens or clowns? Clowns. 
Yeah, because aliens have the ability to be kind. Like E.T. Oh, clowns don't. Clowns no. don't. <laughs> so, there's no such thing as a virtuous clown. <laughs> Name a famous person you would love to meet. Um, hmm. I think it'd be awfully fun to have a, have a drink with The Rock. Yeah, that's probably going to be mine, too. Yeah. He just seems like a normal dude. Seems yeah. like someone would talk into a microphone, too. I'm talking into the microphone, man. <laughs> you, you really weren't that time. You're like, I'm not sure I would like to talk to the rock. <laughs> Can you or Holly introduce me to Ryan Richards? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Who's Ryan Richards? Is that the million dollar man? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, how did I get that wrong? Can you? Um, I don't know. Who is he? Ryan Richards. We're happy to introduce you, buddy, if you can point him out. Uh, we can't, um, okay. or at least I can't. Holly probably can at some point. One of the things, and I hope I'm not breaking news here, but one of the things that they had talked about, and I guess if I frame it that way, because I don't know that they've made decisions, but uh, because she, to your point, she's now heading up Aviation Gin. That's a brand that was uh, co-founded or co-created by Ryan Reynolds. Um, part of the tour, they're going to build like a distillery tour, and part of the tour at one point, I don't know if this is the direction they went, but was going to end in Ryan Reynolds' office. Like they were gonna stage basically That's an office awesome. and have it be, you know, very tongue in cheek and yeah. very funny. And there was even talk that have you heard this? Mm -hmm. That they were gonna turn that office and the end of the tour into an escape room. <laughs> Which is pretty ridiculous. Um, but that there's there's a lot of great ideas out there. I Ryan Reynolds would probably be cool to have oh, a yeah. drink with. Yeah. Nice little gin cocktail, maybe mm. a bee's knees. Ooh. When you play Monopoly, what is the piece that you choose? Um, the car. Typically the top hat, I think, for me. That tracks. What's the worst concert you've ever attended? Ooh. Hmm. Probably the first one my mom, my first concert ever was one my mom took me to, and it was Celine Dion opening for Michael Bolton. That Ooh. sounds amazing. Yeah, it was, it was just, <laughs> just singing until your face melted <laughs> all night. I just love that Celine Dion opened for Michael Bolton at that point. Did your mom she, hate you? Yeah, jury's out. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it, in that moment, you know, it was single mom, right? She didn't have anybody yeah. to take the kids. Bring the kids. So me and my brothers sat there through Michael Bolton. And Could you imagine how much tickets to that concert would be right this moment? Oh, if insane. They, Celine Dion probably. Yeah. She's got her whole like Vegas, Vegas residency, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. Michael Bolden, I, um, why should I change my name? Yeah. He's the one that sucks. <laughs> What's your What's I your just, favorite? I tell you his entire catalog. I celebrate the man's entire catalog. What's your, what's your worst concert? I don't even know. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Probably some festival I went to. I'm actually very, what's your worst one? The rolling rock town fair. The first one. The ro like rolling, like a Latrobe rolling rock. Yeah. Rolling rock town. Yeah. Fair? When it, yeah. It was horrendous. Who played? Any any big amazing names? bands? It was Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Our Lady Peace. Um, Why was uh, it bad? Because it was roughly a million degrees out, and they had just laid down fresh mulch on the oh. horse track that it was located on, and they sprayed water all over it. So it was the smelliest concert you ever went By to. By far. Yeah. Wow. And then they also like had. It was like you, you. It was like cattle being herded. Also, so they had like all this large security fencing where you like just they kind of ushered you through through the smelly mulch. Basically, yeah, yeah it was miserable. I uh, in other concert news, um, so incredibly sad. Amy and I, my wife and I, had tickets to see Foo Fighters in May. Oh yeah, and yeah, they just canceled the rest of their tour, understandably. Yeah, 
And I'm, I'm incredibly bummed because we had tickets and we went to this amazing, I don't know if you guys remember this, but uh, down at RFK, they did a concert on July 4th or July 5th a couple years ago. And it was like, um, it, everybody was there. Trombone Shorty was there. Foo mm-hmm. Fighters were there. Uh, Heart played that concert. It was this like epic bill. Foo Fighters closed it and I had to leave to go MC the Star Spangled Spectacular for the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra. And I missed Foo Fighters. And Amy, when she got me tickets for them, she's like, you can finally get to see them. You probably nope. should have blown off the MCing thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> who doesn't want to spend that evening at Oregon Ridge? The, um, yeah, I've, I've never seen Foo Fighters. I regret, and probably, yeah. possibly a good chance I never will. That's they, it. There's a lot of talk that uh, this may be Maybe the end. That they'll, yeah. yeah, that they'll just hang it up. That. Hmm. <sighs> I'll tell you the best concert I ever went to. Thanks for taking us out on a high note. No, I'll, take, I'll tell you the best concert I ever went to. What's that? Was uh, it's a tie. It was, both of them were at the Baltimore Arena. One was 702, Keith Sweat, Black Street, and New Edition. <laughs> and the other was <laughs> Brandy, Babyface, and Boys to Men. That concert was epic. That had to be a Chris Croner. That was my I, brother. Yeah. Yeah, my brother was very influential in my music decisions as a young man. I don't I don't know what I would I New Edition was an hour and a half I, late coming on stage cuz Bobby Brown wouldn't come out. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was a whole thing. It was great. That's, both of I would say there were 3 for me. Two of them were at Three River Stadium. It was Pink Floyd on the Division Bell tour. Oh wow. Uh and I I, I was like in middle school when yeah. my cousin took me to that. Uh and then Dave Matthews at the the I'm surprised you, you were able to make it here on time. I'm surprised you weren't still there listening to Dave Matthews. Don't they play for like 17 hours <laughs> it was, straight? It was a long, um, it was definitely a long concert. Jam bands, man. Mm-hmm. And I then uh, I saw um, Jay-Z, Method Man and Red Man, and DMX oh, wow. at the Civic Arena. Oof. That would be awesome. Although the DMX was a f- like the weekend afterwards because he didn't show up the night of the concert oh, no. so they had him play a different date you had to come back with your same ticket yeah. that's pretty cool that's epic <laughs> all right gentlemen thank you so much for your t- oh actually i have one more is it acceptable to use a gift card on a first date no no absolutely not you're gonna make a good impression yeah is it is it acceptable to go dutch on a first date depends on how the date's going <laughs> if it's going in the tank, you're only yeah, paying like, for your half. Sorry, this isn't working. You got to provide for your pony up, pony up for that sandwich. That's brutal. Oh, yeah. This uh, you got to understand though. Todd hasn't been on a first date since high school. Yeah. So well, I've been with my wife since we were 21. So definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for being uh, super late. And um, hey, I was on time. I didn't even know I was doing this today. Yeah. So. Yep. Todd yep. showed up last minute and on time. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know. So thank you, Todd. No um, problem. It's what always I do. a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Cheers. Chris. Cheers. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.